We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Pod Maverick Presents. I have the wrong name on the show for the video. Uh, it's Kirk Henderson and Josh Poe coming to you live for a really fun, hopefully, after dark offseason episode because the Dallas Mavericks just pulled off what I consider to be probably one of their finest offseason moves in. I can't remember. That might be a little bit what we talk about <laughs> if, if we're being candid. Uh, this is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow joining you. Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. Second pod for you today. A twofer. Second pod for me today. And the funny part is um, I added you to the stream first. <laughs> so you are on a different side than you normally are. But we're just going to oh. we're gonna get weird. It's going to be great. <laughs> so uh, earlier today, uh, it's Wednesday. I think it's Wednesday. About 945 on July 5th. I recorded the show with Jason Gallagher because uh, our our former colleague basically wanted to get off some takes about an ESPN uh, tweet comparing Dirk and KG, which I I mean I he was cooking and I just let him. Why not? <laughs> uh, and then I kind of figured we'd be done. Uh, I think we've all been waiting for a restricted free agency story to drop, but that had occurred earlier in the day when the news broke that the Mavericks planned to offer Matisse Thibel a deal of some form, a sheet for him to sign. And I think that that was kind of that. Uh, all of us, you, led by you, Tim Cato as well, had been sort of posturing for a fair amount of free agency that the Mavericks were going to do something related to Grant Williams, but there wasn't really any specifics other than like a feeling. Because the Celtics were gonna are probably gonna have to pay Jalen Brown a bajillion dollars. They have a huge Chris Stapps Porzingis contract. Like they just have a lot. Like they have a lot of salary to pay. So the the thought was, all right, maybe the Mavericks offer him and restrict it and, and make the Celtics choose. But instead, what ended up happening today was a three team deal 
featuring the Mavericks sending uh, Reggie Bullock and a 2030 pick swap to the San Antonio Spurs. The Boston Celtics receiving multiple second round picks, no players. And the Dallas Mavericks receiving Grant Williams, who signed a four-year, $54 million deal. Just, I mean, really great value. And two second round picks. And I got to tell you, you know, I couldn't be more pleased. I mean, we came on this show Monday, and, you know, it was a little doom and gloom um, in the sense of I didn't like the deal in and of itself for what they had done so far. But to me, this Grant Williams trade is sort of the connecting piece of the offseason that pulls their draft and their free agency to date together. What do you think? Yeah, this is what we were, we talked about. I think when we recorded on Monday, we were mm-hmm. talking about like they signed Seth, they signed Dante Exum, they brought back Dwight Powell, and we were like, those are great on their own, but none of those address <laughs> why the team uh, had such a terrible year last year. You know, mm-hmm. we were wondering when is that shoe going to drop, and it has to. Otherwise, it would have been just really bizarre. So this was it, and like we said, we all kind of expected it was going to be some sort of forward that they were going to that was a restricted free agent that they were going to acquire. I know that there was the pipe dream of uh, PJ Washington, which now I feel bad for writing that post. I feel like I got people way too excited for something that probably was never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, you know, it was whatever. But uh, yeah, this is a great move. I mean, what, this averages to about 13 and a half million a year for, I mean, like the cap's going to go up every, every year. Like mm-hmm. this deal is going to look like a steal. Even if Williams just plays how he's played the last two seasons for the next four years, it's going to look great in three years. I mean, it looks great now. So mm-hmm. um, it's a position of need. And between the draft and free agency, we can now at least say, you know, they looked at their weaknesses. And with the draft and free agency, uh, they've at least attempted to address them. You know, we don't mm-hmm. know if it's going to work out because we can't predict the future. But, hey, they got a, they got a rim-protecting athletic center in the draft. They got another super athletic 6'8", badass forward in the draft, and now they've got another 6'8", forward that can maybe replicate a little bit of what Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith did during that Western Conference final run. But hey, he's going to turn 25 uh, this November instead of turning 30 or 33. Mm-hmm. Um, so the team got younger, it got more athletic, and aside from you know those first moves in free agency, they've all been, for the most part, defensive, athletic oriented i don't know how great of an athlete grant williams is but he's not uh he's not a. Uh, I i mean not, you know he's got he's got some, yeah he's a big boy that's kind of the thing that i'm settling on to where we've been talking about size for a while and like i i you know and only this will only appeal to a very specific crossover set of mavs fans but like they remind me like luca and him together give me like legion of doom vibes like like just two big guys like coming down the lane because lucas you know lucas what is he six eight about 240 yep. pounds sometimes 270 pounds <laughs> on the whataburger intake grant williams six six enlisted at at 235 i mean those that's two big gentlemen um i i I like that element the strength the size because it's like the Mavericks has been skinny and kind of small for a while um, the other thing that that I, you know, and honestly, I, I, I'm not a 
big, I'm not like the biggest Grant Williams fan, but I will say that this is something we've been thinking about for a while because Grant Williams himself has just really, really been projecting that he wanted to play with Luca for a long time. There was an interview he did back in January where, um, who was it with? I don't want to mess it up, so I'm not going to say. I got It's linked on the post that I did, but he's asked all these questions about Luca. And, you know, he's a brand, he's a Jordan brand athlete like Luca. He shares Bill Duffy as an agent with Luca. And then this year in January, he, he was asked a question on a podcast about who he'd start a franchise with. And he said, I'm picking Luca for sure. Luca, just because the way he sees the game, he's been doing this for so long. Um, and he talked in that same interview, he talked about how much like trash Luca talks. Like, there's a lot of like, you could tell there was a lot of like, I really like this guy to Grant Williams. Now, what it does for me as well, and you know, you covered the news piece today with this, and it's also worth talking about. The Mavericks are, are and, and Matisse Thibel intends to sign a three-year, $33 million offer from the Mavericks tomorrow. The Blazers people I know are very intent saying that they think the Blazers will match. Whether they do or don't, what the Grant Williams signing did for me was kind of relieve an element of the Matisse Thibel signing because I'm not I'm not a Thibel fan but what it did is create some margin for error for me and that's where I was was just it's like you get both those guys you tell me you get Grant Williams and Matisse Thibel for a combined 34 million dollars or 24 million dollars a year yeah yeah fan fucking tastic is is sort of where I go with this and I, I, the thing about this also is, is like if the Mavericks stop right now, let's say they don't get Thibel, and th- this is kind of the guys we have to roll with. I'm very pleased with the offseason. But right. the thing is, I don't think they're done. I just, I don't think they're done. Tim Hardaway still exists on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, if they do end up keeping um, the guy they got from the Kings, they, have, they, they can move him in two months if they want to. They can come to agreements soon, and this team is not being is not done being remade. And that's it's just really interesting to me because I felt like the Mavericks needed to make changes, but they were just very boxed in. And so within the the, the elements that they had to work with, this has so far exceeded my expectations. I I, I don't know how to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, what they entered uh, the offseason with the 10th pick, and basically we assumed they were going to get the 12.4 million non taxpayer MLE because we just kind of assumed that they were going to structure the Kyrie deal that they that's right. to, They had that. So that's that's really it. Those two things, plus whatever you think that they could trade, you know, they have a first 2027 first round pick, and then whatever you think that they can get from guys already on the roster, which Spoiler alert, it's harder to trade guys on a team after you just finished 11th in the Western Conference for good players. You know, it's the sales pitch just becomes a little harder yep. uh, when you're trying to trade Tim Hardaway Jr. when you when you just had a season that you struggled so mightily with. So that's not a lot. Uh, and they turned that into, boy, they turned that into at least, you know, three players with the like – two players from the, the 10th pick, one player. They haven't even used the MLE. You know, Grant Williams is, is basically just trading uh, Reggie Bullock and a pick swap. So they still yeah. haven't even utilized MLE. So like they're just they're churning the roster in a way that I think we expected, but we were cautiously, you know, we just proceeded with caution because how many years have we been saying, hey, it's time for a shakeup. This roster mm-hmm. needs to overturn. They've kind of gotten the most out of it that they've can. 
let's see some some turnaround and it just kind of doesn't really happen maybe or maybe it happens on the margins it happens with the 13th and the 14th and the 15th guys on the roster but i mean if you think about what this team was in 2019 2020 uh, and even the Western Conference Finals team, you know, the only two guys besides Ky- uh, Luca that are major contributors are are Maxi and Powell. And there's a chance that those guys and THJ, sorry, but there's a chance that with Powell and Maxi, though, this might be the the least they've relied on those two uh, in a couple of years. We'll see with with Powell and the Bigs, but you can tell they're finally trying to get off of this core mm-hmm. that got grown stale. And I don't think that's you know. Being too harsh because I think even the organization had I think kind they of admitted too. it in their in their postseason remarks. So I, I think they I'm would just, too. We've been saying we want new players, new players, right? New 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 right. players. That's Great. right. Though we're the so you said a lot there that I want to yeah, that sorry. I want to talk about, and it's it's very it's just it's it's fun, frankly. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But before we do that, I would like for anybody, if you could, guys, if you could go like the stream, be very helpful to us. Go ahead and like that stream down there at the bottom of the page, thumbs up button. If you could also, while you're here, if you're new here, this is probably the most live viewers we've had in a while. Not surprising. It's the off season and not to mention, um, as I have read from some of the YouTube comments, people are already sick of my shit. Um, if you are interested in the show, go ahead and hit the the subscribe button. I really like uh reading what people have to say even if it's it's my favorite was a woman today who just said you know it's like i'm you're not for me which uh, you know i 
don't don't blame you. Um, uh, sometimes I'm not for me either. But I, I really like if you subscribe to our show. We go live fairly frequently, and it's a, it's a lot of fun to talk Mavs. It's a lot of fun to complain about the Mavs because sports is complaining. But you know what? It's also a hell of a lot of fun to praise the Dallas Mavericks. And and in this regard, I I, I think that what they've done in in this offseason to date is one of the things we've complained about for the better part of three years is we feel like multiple guys were playing up a spot or two relative to their talent versus what the Mavericks needed from them. Uh, And what I find particularly interesting is with the signings that they've made, at least with Grant Williams in specific, and, and maybe future signings as well, is it allows guys to kind of play in their particular role right off the top of your head. Where do you, like, where do you see Grant Williams playing three or a four? Uh, He's probably the starting four because they want, there's no way they want to get max because it's either him or maxi. And I don't Mm -hmm. think they. I I would want to start maxi. Yeah. Yeah. So my guess is right now it's Luca, Luca Kyrie. And then I don't know that third spot's either going to be whoever's left of THJ and Josh green Mm. Grant. And then, insert is it Powell? is it is it Derek lively is it someone they trade for so a lot of optionality um, yes. <laughs> i think is is the key and that's what's interesting to me um a lot of people in the chat are kind of still hoping for another trade for a center um i have kind of vocalized my my desire for the mavericks to go ahead and keep playing like just play lively as much as possible i think jared allen's probably a little too rich I personally, at the moment, don't want to see them move off the 2027 first round pick. I would like to see them kind of hold an element back. I think the Mavericks have improved enough right now to where they don't necessarily need that. Now, if they do, all the better. I'm not going to complain about that either. I just am, I, I just like the 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 uh, makeover to date to where I, I sort of want to sit with it for a while. Now I know that's not how this works. I know <laughs> they're probably going to do something different, and I'll probably be just as happy to talk about that. I just I, I want to see the rookies play. That's that's sort of where I settle. I want to see Josh Green and Jaden Hardy play. Um, and I and you're going to have to sort of figure out minutes for them. Yeah, that's the big question because the things we talked about on Monday terms of the guard and the big log jam still exists um, because they swapped Bullock for, for Grant Williams. So mm-hmm. like, I'm still, con- you know, wondering where the minutes for Seth and THJ and green and Hardy when Luke and Kyrie are going to be playing so much at guard. So that's why, you know, I still, you know, that's part of why this, this move with Williams is so nice is that they didn't, they don't have to play uh, Russian roulette or whatever with the restricted free agency and just hope, you know Boston doesn't match and, and ruin what they want to do they've got them they didn't have to give up I think a piece that uh hurts them you know bull you know swapping him for Bullock is that's an upgrade they still have THJ to trade they still have Hardy they still have Green if they want to I don't think they will but with with Exum and Seth THJ and Luca like there's still still something that I think they're probably trying to do because that if they go into training camp with all those guys that's gonna be really tough. Yeah, that's gonna yeah. be just tough for minutes. Like even if, even if you like all those guys, they can't all play. Not all those guys can be twenty minute per game players, and I'm sure a lot of them, like a lot of them, want to be. So uh, we'll see. Like, I think there's still probably one more move uh, to go. Maybe it doesn't happen before training camp. Maybe it happens at the deadline. Um, but man, there's so much smoke about Hardaway being traded. I, I just, I feel like they have to relent eventually. Maybe they don't get the perfect deal, but they do need to consolidate a little bit more 
I think, to make the roster make a little bit more sense. But at least right now, there's not a gaping hole at four. Like they have, they have players that can fill the spots uh, at least to do a serviceable job. So you know, you go from there. And then, how you feel about Grant Williams is, I don't know. We could probably talk all. We haven't really even talked about specifically what he brings, but I'm, I pulled up some numbers because I'm going to be writing a column uh, about this move after this and. I don't know. He's interesting. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you want to riff off anything. I just said if you want to talk about Williams more specifically, but uh, I think he's obviously a great, great fit and, and an upgrade. Um, I do hope Mavs fans don't get a little too. I mean, it's it's fun. This is the time for everyone to get excited, but uh, he's not necessarily the cure to all their ills. So I'll just say that while also still being really a really good acquisition. Sure, sure. I mean, I, I could kind of go all sorts of different directions mm-hmm. with this because. One of the things about the last several off seasons that we've been critical of is just the the fact that it felt like they were either holding back or were very, very linear in their mm-hmm, thinking. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I talked about on the last show that I think really turned off a lot of people was how would you feel if the Mavericks attempted to execute a plan and failed? And I think one of the things that I've enjoyed about the last couple of days is they have clearly not like they... They they needed some things to go their way. Frankly, it's it's over the last several off seasons we've we we've been we've gotten excited over moves. You remember draft day twenty twenty? They had Josh Richardson extra pick. It just nothing worked out. And now that they've overturned a significant amount of the roster, I do feel like that that things have a different. You know, if if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But they've tried enough. It wasn't like tinkering around the edges. It's saying we really need to to figure out what to do differently. You know. As I've read a lot of the comments between YouTube, between Twitter, between our various articles in Mavs Moneyball, there's like this constant refrain of we don't need more offense. What we need is defense. I agree with that, but you do need more than single way players. Um, You need more than single skill players. And I don't, you know, Matthew uh, Phillips from Mavs Moneyball, we were chatting earlier today. He's like, you need to temper your expectations for him. But it's like, when I look at Grant Williams and what he's able to do, I feel confident that he knows trying to think how to phrase this like he is a basketball player he knows how to do things like with within (laughs) elements of like like dorian really grew the last several years but dorian was kind of a one-way guy like i I don't feel like you're throwing out like a power forward that doesn't know how to play basketball he's going to be able to do a number of different things maybe not excel at all of them but it just gives every and it allows i mentioned this earlier and you've talked about it it's like the the bumping down of guys in particular slots so it's you're playing maxi 22 minutes instead of 26 that matters over an 82 game season. It's just, it's important. Yeah. And as we saw when Maxi was hurt, they just had no, there was nothing on the rock. Even when, before the Kyrie trade, there was just mm-hmm. how long have we been talking about how they've been too over reliant on Maxi for the last three years. And that's even before Kyrie. And that's even still with Dorian. And like, I love, you know, loved what Dorian and Reggie contributed. They were not fours. They just yep. were not fours. Dorian tried. He was a little bit better, but Reggie at the four last season was a disaster. Um, you know, he just, he's just not, he's not built like that. He's, he's, he's like a two guard. He's like the size of a two guard. Yep. Uh, he's yep. a point of attack defender. And we've seen Grant Williams in the playoffs guard Giannis and guard Joel Embiid. And there's like, if the Mavericks roster before this, it was, Ma- it was kind of like Maxi or, or maybe Dwight Powell, or, or you, you just kind of hope and pray. So they've at least got someone that can ease the burden on Maxi. And he was such a focal point of the roster in terms of, like when he was on, it made everything work. So now they at least have another guy that can fill in that spot. Um, 
The one thing with Grant is, you know, he's not he's not the dynamic player that I think Mavs fans still want them to get in terms sure. of being an attacker. He's obviously not a playmaker, but uh, you know, he only averaged uh, have it up. Um, in the regular season, this last season, he only averaged two point four drives per game, which is right around the number that about Dorian did last season to give some perspective. So. Anything under three from a starter, unless they're like a, a primarily just a big man, uh, is pretty concerning. Not not concerning, but it's just like it's not great. So he's not a guy that's going to be someone that can run bench units, run the offense through. He's not a, a dynamic player. You know, he still fits the mold that the Mavericks have of these kind of spot up role players. Um, but he, the the key differentials are he's big. <laughs> which is nice. He has some defensive intangibles that the roster doesn't have and he's young. So I'm not saying he'll, he'll always be what he is right now, but at least when we were talking about like with Dorian, remember we were coming into seasons with Dorian and, and some of these guys and it's like, okay, well what if Dorian or, or Maxi adds this to their game? I'm like guys they are 20, these are 28, 29, 30 year olds. They're not adding that much more to their game. You know, yep. Grant is still in a position where he can, add a little bit more to his game. So I wouldn't necessarily rely on that, but uh, where he is, I mean, he'll, I mean, he's going to bomb away from three. The one thing about Boston, they took a lot of threes, but like they didn't really have a true setup guy. Tatum got better and, you know, smart and their, their trio of guards were okay. But Luca's is another level of a three point shot creator. So yes. it, it's, it's going to be, actualized. yeah, it, it's going to be night and day difference for him in terms of getting shots. Um, uh, I had it up, but now I'm now I'm losing it. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Um, right. But his spot up percentage, he was 38 percent on spot up threes um, last season. That was 48, 49 percent of his total shots. Um, so you know, 78 percent, 79 percent of his made field goals last season were assisted. So again, he's not a different mold of the Reggie Dorian, Mac, you know, that kind of role player the Mavericks have relied on. The main difference is just he's young, has room sure. to grow, and he's more—he's got more, uh, more athleticism, more bona fide. You know, he's a first-round pick, not an undrafted yeah. free agent. So there's some—I don't know what do you what do you call it? pedigree. There's more pedigree yes. there, which yeah. which matters, I think. I do too, and that's the the, the Mavs have lacked pedigree for certain yes. positions and depth for quite a long time. Okay, so because I'm in a cel- celebratory mood, uh, I saw my man Kevin Gray down there in the comments uh, was supporting us. We really appreciate that. So I just thought I'd invite him on up here. He's down here. I'm going to put him up right now. Kevin, everybody knows Kevin. He's host of Get Right. Uh, he's a Mavs insider on 105.3 The Fan and inside the Mavs pod with our other friend, Grant Afseth. Kevin, how you doing tonight? Kirk, Josh, what's going on? Appreciate y'all inviting me, man. How y'all doing? I'm I'm in a pleasant mood. Kirk is a man of the people. He will give you a voice. He's the voice of the voiceless. He will give everyone. He does. He will invite everyone. Oh, I like the CM Punk reference. I like that. That's good. That's well, good. it's, like it's you know, I got, I had a, I had a fun, fun Monday night where. <laughs> A young man clipped 20 seconds of a 45 second podcast and like my Twitter mentions and um, DMs have been hell for two days, which is fine. Sometimes you just walk into that. So <laughs> I, I want to I, I wanted to 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 enjoy something like this because I, I, I've been so hard on the Mavericks for such a long time that I also feel that I, I am obligated to say when I think they've done a great job. 
And even if they were to stop right now, and I don't know if they're going to stop right now, curious as to your take on this, but I feel like they deserve to be praised a little bit. What do you think, Kevin? Yeah, and I think for me, I, what I've enjoyed, at least for the most part here, is the process at which they've gone about this. Because for the last couple of years, they keep telling us that they want to improve their defense and their rebounding. But we keep looking at the roster and saying the dudes that are around here haven't improved in terms of defense and rebounding, except for the one year that Jason Kidd comes in. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they take themselves to the Western Conference Finals. But at the same time, there were still deficiencies that you saw that you were thinking, well, maybe if they decide to overhaul this roster a little bit, they can actually make good on the things that they've been talking about. And what they've been able to turn, you know, the number 10 pick into what they've done so far in free agency. I was one that was low key critical of them up until this point today to until today, excuse me, when they got Grant Williams, because I looked around and you said, well, you keep telling me you want to improve defense. You keep telling me you want to get younger, want to get more physical. You want to be able to improve certain things. You know, Seth Curry's third tour duty here with Dallas. I'm not necessarily feeling that, you know, I mean, there's certain things that you're trying to tell me here that aren't improving, but I give them credit because they have made a move that number one makes sense. And number two, at least starts to accomplish some of the things that they said that they wanted to this mm-hmm. offseason. And you have to give them credit for that. I am. <clears throat> One of the things that that I've been critical of for years is it felt like um, it felt like they would decide what was going to happen, irregardless of what the market was telling them. Mm-hmm. And what I've been really impressed with is they came into this offseason pretty boxed in. I mean, they didn't have a lot of resources. They turned one pick into two, got off a bad contract, signed Kyrie Irving for less than the max, got a guy, and and now we're in the process of signing a number of guys into the various spaces that they have while also getting more assets. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, even if they miss out on Matisse Thibel, let's say he gets matched, it's a heck of a gamble because you're basically forcing teams to make tough choices during tough financial times for them. Like the, the Blazers are in chaos quietly. Yeah. The Boston Celtics are facing real scary. Like they're going to have to give a guy who can't dribble with his left hand, a $300 million contract and Jalen <laughs> Brown. I mean, that's just, so it's, it's really like, like taking advantage of other teams, chaos or misfortune or hard choices is something we haven't seen the Mavericks do since the early Donnie Nelson mid 2000 days, they just haven't done a long time. So I feel that that's where it's like, I I'm looking forward to seeing what could happen next because the Mavericks have just operated at a, at a, um, not a talent. Well, they have operated a talent, a, a asset deficit for just mm-hmm. for years. And so this is, this feels like whole new world stuff, because if you were to tell me uh, that the Mavericks, you know, before the, the off season started, the Mavericks have an opportunity to get, Grant Williams and Matisse Thibel for a combined $24 million a year, I would have thrown something at you and called you a liar. <laughs> Plus two first round picks. Mm, you know, right. if you want to take this before the draft. Uh, yeah. To me, it's like the, remember we've always uh, criticized their front office for the lack of creativity. Mm-hmm. And I think that there was like Kirk, you've always said linear. It always felt like they were set in a certain way and we didn't really know where they were going to go. They really loved attached to their guys yep um you know trading reggie bullock for something is not something i would have thought the previous front office would have done or even with rick carlisle on the roster you know uh, still coaching the team it just it just gives me some confidence that they are operating within the new reality of what the nba is and it's you got to turn your roster a little bit like you even look at 
the champion Denver Nuggets. They do not – the team that won the title is not the team that they had two, three, even last season. You know, they you just have to keep trying to get better because team – like, I remember in the mid-2000s, there were a lot of dumb NBA teams. <laughs> like, remember, that was the big thing that I think Mark Cuban gave such a big advantage to them in the early 2000s is that there were just some old, old, old-school – NBA guys still running teams and Cuban was thinking ahead. Uh, and I think what was kind of a bummer the last four or five years is that it felt like they had become kind of like that old school NBA while the other, these other teams are getting younger and smarter. Uh, and I think it's, that's, it just makes a big difference in how you feel about the team going forward. Yeah. 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 I think one of the fun parts about this trade is that you got two second round picks and what have they been mm-hmm. doing for the last several years? Lighting second round picks on fire between, you know, James Johnson, yes. JJ Reddick. <laughs> I mean, they've been lighting second round picks on fire. And, I, and I, the reason why I bring that up is, you know, you talked about the ways that modern NBA teams are being ran, your ability to assemble draft capital, even if it's for, you know, throwaway potential situations. Like, for example, you know, with Utah and John Collins, you know, obviously it was a salary dump, but at the same time, there were still picks that you could, you know, mess around with and just throw in there as incentives to, hey, you want to take this player, we'll throw in, a, you know, a couple second round picks. Like, those are the kinds of things that you look at teams to say, what do you have to be able to make things happen when otherwise you wouldn't necessarily be able to? And the Mavericks being able to at least recoup some of that, because what was it? They didn't have a second round pick for the next, what, seven years, something of that nature. Mm-hmm. 2005, you know. I'm sorry, 2025, and then 2030. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so at least you're able to recruit, recoup some draft capital here. And I think that's just another point, you know, to your point, Josh, about how modern teams are being able to be able to move forward. And the Mavericks are now, at least it appears, moving towards some of that direction. And low key, you know, this whole Dennis Lindsay thing, we're starting to see his influence, you know, with the whole Dante Exum signing, obviously Alex Jensen bringing, being brought in as an assistant coach here and some of the influence that he may be having, you know, on this front office too can be understated here with all this going on as well. Well, first I need to take a brief moment to remind, to, to do some self-promotion for our show in that I, I want you to hit that like button. We've got over 90 likes at this point, which is fantastic, but there's 300 of y'all listening. Uh, if you could also go ahead and subscribe to the show. For those of you who are listening on the podcast the next day, I would also appreciate it if you subscribed and left reviews and that sort of thing. Also, guys, remember, head on over to Kevin Gray, um, Kevin Gray Sports and subscribe to his show as well on YouTube. And to hear him on 105.3 The Fan, man, you work all the time, Kevin. <laughs> God, I'm just like looking at your schedule. That's exhausting. Imagine, um, imagine what my wife tells me when she sees my schedule. <laughs> good luck. Good exactly, luck. exactly. The only reason I'm able to record tonight is my wife's out of town. And she, she just messaged me. I was like, can't talk podcasting. Um, my wife sleeps, so, you know, that makes two of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, 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 you know, it's when, with, with summer league kind of right down the pipe, uh, mm-hmm. pike client starting on on Friday. There's just a fair amount, you know. You, the NBA really only stops like September, if we're being like August September. So we still have a lot of fun stuff to look forward to. We got these two draft picks to see. They've not been able to practice because the trades don't finalize until tomorrow, which I think is the official start of the new league year. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Moratorium ends. Yep. Moratorium ends. And so we'll we'll know more about this. There's a real likelihood that Josh is going to have to talk to me for like the fourth time this week if the <laughs> Mavericks do something else tomorrow. So there's there's just a lot of a lot of fun stuff going on. 
And not to mention, you got later on this summer, you know, you got the FIBA World Cup. We'll get to see Luca play a little bit, you know, later on. In the Philippines. Well. The Philippines yeah. is the most basketball crazed nation on the planet. Yeah. Um, gosh, what was that? I cannot remember that guy's name. We had him on a summer league team, and it it our page views for Mavs Moneyball were just like spikes whenever you had his <laughs> name in the headline. It was truly remarkable. Can't I wait wanna for... I wanna say as of right now, the the tra- the third most traffic we get or the country ranks country third in traffic yeah, yeah it's philippines i think it's yeah. like nice. it's a usa you then it used to be germany obviously and then it's philippines uh i think slovenia has overtaken germany now but uh oh, yeah okay. we've we've had philip we've had bobby uh, parks jr thanks zebby that's a great <laughs> great pull. there are a lot of mavs fans in bath in the philippines just looks sure. great great they're a lot of, all over the world like yeah, I, that's, that's one thing i have discovered is covering this team is there are a lot of Mavericks fans all over the world. And it's kind of wild and nuts to see, you know, where people are listening from and how much they love this team in all different parts of this big old world out there. That's right. Well, Kevin, do you have anything uh, upcoming that you would like to plug? I love plugging for people, but uh, you know, your schedule better than me. What, what, what are you thinking? No, I appreciate that, man. Uh, we just dropped a new episode of uh, Inside the Maps tonight, reacting obviously to the whole uh, Grant Williams trade and everything else there. Got another episode that's going to drop uh, tomorrow evening. I uh, had a chance to talk with Jaden Hardy. Uh, oh, fun. He, yeah, sets off to, uh, you know, Summer League. So I had a nice conversation with him. So drop that pod tomorrow. It was actually going to drop tonight, but obviously, you know, right. I had to pivot. <laughs> so um, doing that. And then um, next week, be on uh what four times next week inside or excuse me uh on 105 through the fan because it's the uh, the all-star break uh for the rangers so we'll be on uh monday through thursday of next week on 105 through the fan myself and reg from uh 7 to 11 so uh you could check uh check us out there and uh yeah i'm all over twitter at kevin gray sports uh same with my youtube channel and of course you can uh download the inside the mass podcast wherever you get podcasts for free you're the man thanks for hanging out with us Hey, thanks, thanks for the invite, man. Hey, sure. look, I kn- I know you from Missouri, like myself, or you, mm. or you, or you. I was lived born in Missouri. Yeah, exactly. So you know, shout out to the uh, to the Chiefs. Even though I'm a Cowboys fan, shout out to the Chiefs. I know you're a big Chiefs guy. Yep, I, I, yeah. It, it, fact, jo- poor Josh. He has to deal with me every September. He's just like, can you just? At one point, he was like, can you just not? During the season, when I was just like really happy. It was great. It's a, that's, yeah, like, that's what kind of luck did you walk into that your two favorite? teams have luca and patrick mahomes at the same great. time it's great can't be up when they <laughs> both good to stop, be kirk. I may, yeah i'm just gonna have to give up sports all right kevin <laughs> we'll talk soon all right appreciate it guys mm-hmm. all right um josh so what else what else <laughs> is there anything that we kind of need to cover because you know it's 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 just a lot of frankly just some joy some some speculation is there anything on the thigh bowl related front that that you would would like to hit um i think he stinks uh, <laughs> I just, I'm not a Bible guy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but I do understand. Um, like you said, he makes so much more sense with Williams on, you know, with Williams on the roster. If, if this was their big, uh, forward acquisition with Thibault and he's really not, he's like six, five, he just has, yeah. he has a long wingspan, you know? So he's not someone that can play the four. Um, I did a tweet earlier today. He averaged like two drives per game last season with Portland and shot like 26% on those drives. He is just, he is the definition. Say that number again. In the 22 games with Portland, two drives a game, 
and then he shot 26% on those two drives. Woo, he's like my son in, in his in his <laughs> yeah. second grade league. What's happening? Good yeah. gravy. So he is the definition of one-way player. I mean, it's he steals and blocks off-ball defense, which, hey, I wrote a column at the end of the season that talked about how low the Mavericks ranked in steals, blocks, deflections, like all those kind of athletically-based categories. So if mm-hmm. he can come off the bench and play – 12 to 15 minutes, I think that's a big, that's a much different proposition than him being maybe being your starting three or your starting four and being your big MLE acquisition. So, depth as a depth piece, I'm fine with it, um, with Williams on board. And, it, you know, that's fine. As long as he wasn't the, the main attraction for, for free agency, it makes a big difference. So, and let me ask you this because I, I, you know, as much as I've criticized the Mavericks for being linear, I have been very linear in my thinking where I'm like, let's just get this thing done and then I'll think about something else. Do you think they actually try to trade for a center? I think, I don't know if they're going to trade for a center, but I, I mean, I think, I don't think Tim Hardaway Jr. is on the roster by, by the time. I'll, I'll say by training camp. I mean, it might be it's by the tread deadline, but again, I just, I don't see the Exum and Curry signings while still having THJ. I just, it doesn't, I mean, it's, it's nice to have more depth and it's nice to take a shot on Exum and Curry's as solid and as dependable as it comes in terms of like a, a two guard or, or just a guard you can bring off the bench. But like, they really like Hardy. Like, like these guys, I just don't know where all these guys are going to play. So I just, I really think THJ is going to be gone. I don't know if it's going to be for a center. I mean, they could yeah. still get another wing. Like, if they can find a way to trade THJ for a wing, I mean, you could start Grant and another wing at your 3-4 and then roll with Kyrie, Luca, and then whatever they want to do at center. So, um, you know, maybe, I'm sure they're trying to do center. That's what's been reported. But, I mean, if they can trade THJ for a wing, if that's the best they can get, I, I still think that makes sense just to clear up some of the logjam at guard uh, that they have. Because uh, I, I would like to see Hardy play more. I you would know? too. A lot. You know? like, like, I want 25 <laughs> minutes a game for him. Yeah. End. And that's yeah. Not, I don't think that's happening with THJ on the roster. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so we'll see what they do. But that's probably <sighs> the next domino. Either yeah. that or, you know, finding the JaVale McGee salary dump. Which, which I, is- I'm glad you brought that up because I don't see it happening. And there's a couple of people that have said, oh, well, they could just cut him, wave him. But you still have to eat the salary. It doesn't actually yeah. do anything for you. That means you're still um, paying him for the next five years at a there's also number. The fact, there's also the fact that, like, apparently, Mark Stein told me this once, like, McGee is really well-liked. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what it's like, you know, you don't want to cut a guy who's well-liked and that sort of thing. I'm I'm very, I'm very interested to see what happens in the next few days, even if, even if it, it turns out to be nothing. Because, you know, last offseason was really... It was it was a lot to swallow. Mark Cuban is the owner. Mark Cuban very much, and and you know probably at at, you know he he ends up making the decisions that Nico and everyone in the front office recommends. The Mavericks elected to not go in on on a max with uh, Jalen, and then the Mavericks signed McGee, and so (laughs) it was just it was frankly it was a disaster. And what this has shown to me to date is, and, and we said this whenever they traded Kyrie, is like if you trade for Kyrie, you have to execute a plan that maximizes the things that he and Luca do well while minimizing the things that they don't do well. And I, when I look at each individual move, I, I have been kind of critical. When I look at the whole, I am very pleased. And, and the whole is more important. Because mm-hmm. they 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 have flexibility. I'm 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 fascinated by this. Yeah, I think a big thing to maybe tie a bow on this is for so long the Mavericks 
not only stuck with their roster and, and some of the players, stuck in terms of like an organization and like the people behind the scenes, like Donnie Nelson being there forever. That just like it was obvious toward the end, he was just collecting a paycheck. Uh, it seemed because he had the almost ultimate job. Like he was never questioned. Like it was never he was never on a hot seat. And he was so um, good with the media that he bullshitted everyone yeah. all the time into believing whatever was going to happen. And you think about like the turnover they've had, you know, Harlow Bob's gone, Donnie's gone, their cap guy that they had for like 20 years. Um, I mean, retired. longer than that. It, it yeah, was, yeah, since the guy. Like and the 90s? Yeah, it was the guy we kind of, you Keith know, Grant. We, Keith Grant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to criticize. I'm just saying, like, he retired and they brought in a, the Nets cap guy who was like really highly regarded. Uh, it's obvious Michael Finley has a bit more of a voice. Like, you can tell that the the front office. It's not just the roster that has turned over. The front office has turned over as well. Finley's and, Finley's speaking from his chest. <laughs> yeah, we love that quote when he was like, "Uh, <laughs> still got work to do, guys. These guys are these guys. Did you watch us last year? That was mm-hmm. that was so good." Do you want to know what bet I'm really looking forward to Jason Kidd reviving? Oh, we have a, we're a young team. We're a young team. They are a young, young team, team now. <laughs> Pretty important. Yeah. At least we'll be right now as yes. opposed to in the past. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends. You know, let's see how much Prosper and Lively, like if they're not sure. playing. But I mean, even still, you right. go through Grant, you go through it, Luca, like, yeah. like guys that are under 25. It's fascinating. Yeah, it is. It's nice. And again, that's another thing, like building on the Luca timeline, like they, the, even the Western Conference Finals roster, as much as fun that that roster was, that was not on the Luka timeline. Like mm-hmm. that roster had an expiration date, and we kind of saw it. Last so season. Chance talked about this. One of our one of our guys right in the comments talked about this. One of our writers did it the night of the mm-hmm. first free bit of free agency. I sort of think Zubak would be a perfect regular season center for the Mavericks. Just perfect. Am I insane? I think you're right. It depends on what they want to give up for him. He can't play in the playoffs, though. No, like that's just play. So, like, what are they giving up? Like, are, mm. I don't know what they want to give up for that. Like, yep. I know that they got a clear THJ, but I'm not trading THJ for no for Zubak. Nope. Um, nope. 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 Because I'd rather just roll. Like you said, I want if you're going to trade for a center, it needs to be like a legit difference maker. Otherwise, just give lively. Give Lively his six fouls, however long it takes, and let's roll with that. Um, so, like, I wouldn't hate it, but I, I would want more of a – if they're going to trade for a center, I, I would want a little bit more of a difference maker, I think. Okay. So, That's fair. And it's hard. Like, I wrote that post in the 2022 playoff – or 21 playoffs where, like, the only reason the Clippers won that series in seven games was because of the – well, the only reason they won it in seven and they didn't win that series in five or six is because of the minutes Zubak played because the Mavericks outscored them with Zubak on the floor by like a billion points. Cause Luca just, he put that poor man in the grave uh, in that playoff run. Um, so that's kind of tainted how I, how I view him, but fair enough. I understand. I, think that's fair. I understand the desire though. I get it. Well, I could probably yammer for a while yeah. more, but we should, uh, we should close up shop. Okay. Um, you got any, any, any final thoughts? No, it's just it's good to be excited about new players, new young players that fit the Luca timeline. It's nice. That's right. That's right, guys. And I promise, I'm happy for once. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for for listening to our show, guys. Remember, if you've not subscribed, go ahead and do so. We go up at least twice a week during the off season. During the regular season, we do two posts. We do two podcasts per game uh, because I am a sicko. 
Um, I, I would really appreciate your support. Thanks for hanging out with us. Head on over to Mavs Moneyball if you want to do some reading. We have a lot of thoughts up. Uh, this has been a great time. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bode. We're also joined by our friend Kevin Gray Jr. Everybody be good, and maybe we will talk tomorrow. Maybe not, but either way, go Mavs.